Good morning. I always get the long ones. <laughs> if you turn to page nine in your worship booklets, you can follow along with me. We're going to read Mark 4, 1 to 29. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables, and in his teaching he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced again, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on the account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil and the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, he knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. This is the word of the Lord. Good? You can hear me? Bad. Good? Bad. Okay. I'm getting some thumbs up and it's excellent. Well, good morning. Oh, that is, there's a lot of, do I just keep talking and you're going to work it out? 
So who watched the footy last night? No, um, I, uh, my name's James Duff. Uh, I think I was introduced by Angus as James Dodd. And um, I'd, James, I know a Matt Dodd, who's a very good pastor, and to be even, maybe, that's all right, Angus Mc, Mc Fitzgerald. <laughs> so it's, it's all right. Um, but anyway, my name's James Duff, and I'm married to Jane. She's not here today. We've got three boys. Run a church called The Common, and we meet in Willoughby mainly, but also some surrounding suburbs uh, in that area. I live in Melville. And uh, I also work for an organisation called City to City, who is a church, of, essentially a church planting agency. And, I, um, and so I work for them as well, part-time. And uh, anyway, it's a privilege to be here this morning and to be sharing God's word with you. It's good to have it open in front of you. Hopefully I will, will refer to it um, as we go along. Now, um, we have all heard a secret or told a secret. What are the rules of secrets? What's the last thing you say when you've told it to someone? What's the phrase we use? Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. This is part of the rules of telling a secret. Not always kept, may I add. But in today's reading, Jesus tells a secret that is infused with this idea that the secret must be told. Uh, there is this idea that a secret is to be sown liberally. Shout it from the rooftops is the idea. And we know it's a secret because in verse 11, Jesus says to the 12 and those who are close by, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. Jesus tells this secret through parables, through word pictures, simple yet profound stories illustrating what the secret of the kingdom of God is. And in this parable, he says, there is a farmer. He introduces us to a farmer who sows the seed liberally, first on three types of soil. The first soil is sown on rocky soil. It's like he's saying, I'm sowing seeds on the leech highway, hoping that there is going to be a crop of wheat come up. It's not going to happen. The second type of soil is on shallow soil. Maybe it's like that last bit of soil that you're walking down on the Fremantle beach and it's just that hard sort of shallow soil that nothing really grows in. There's no chance. That's the second type of soil. The third type of soil, maybe uh, that's, that's with weeds all through it. Maybe like down at the old Frio power station, full of weeds, hoping that a crop of wheat or corn is going to grow. It's just not going to happen. There are three types of soil and this secret seed of the kingdom is sown into all three but in all three it remains just that, a secret. The secret remains a secret. My dad was environmentally conscious before it was a thing to do apart from his beloved incinerator. 
He loved his incinerator. Uh, he burnt nearly everything in the Duff household in that incinerator. I mean, the plastic... I can just see him now with the, the hanky on the head tied on each corner. I think every dad in the 80s wore a hanky on their head and tied it in each corner. I don't know why, but they did. Uh, and he always seemed to knock his head and have blood. I reckon for a decade my dad was bleeding from his forehead. But anyway, <laughs> I could just see him in, with his hanky on his head standing proudly next to his incinerator as the black smoke just billowing out um, all over Geelong where we lived. Proud as punch. But he was an environmentalist, I, I assure you. Uh, both mum and dad. When we had to scrape our uh, plates into the bin, we had a chook bin and we had a compost bin. Right? Some went for the chooks and some went to the compost. Uh, my dad, I think the things he loved most were chooks and his garden. He loved them, still does. Uh, but I reckon dad had the best compost heap I've ever seen in Geelong. I mean, it was better than our bedrooms. It, 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 he had them in sections, um, three or four, each at different stages. And the last one, the fourth, if you had four cages, let's imagine, was loamy, dark, beautiful soil. Anything would grow in it. And that is the fourth soil that the seed lands in that multiplies. It's a fourth type of soil, good soil. So there are four types of soil. And so this parable is begging a question to us. It, it sort of hangs over the top of this parable. Are we fourth soil people? Do we know the secret of the kingdom of God? In my final year of theological training, I had to do some subjects that I've been putting off. And, um, and one of them was a leadership course. I didn't want to do that for a number of reasons. It was an intensive for a start, so it was only went for a week of, of classes. And that was right in the middle of school holidays. And we had little kids just starting primary school at the time. Uh, and also, it's because I think I knew everything about leadership. Uh, I'd read books, lots of them actually. I was a bit of a junkie on leadership stuff. I'd listened to tapes, and the tapes are a thing that what we, they were a square, <laughs> and we put them into a machine and they played stuff back to us, and we heard, they were awesome. And um, I listened to hundreds of those. So I thought I knew enough. So there were reasons why I didn't want to go. How, how wrong I was. That, that class that I took is still, I'm still reading about it. I've, got the, I've still got the folder with the things in it that I learnt and I go back to it often. It was profoundly challenging and profoundly changing in my walk with the Lord. One of the things that the guy who ran it did is he taught us about a theory of pecking order. And he said the pecking order isn't just amongst animals, it's also amongst humans. And he said while he was teaching us on day one that the pecking order was already established in this classroom. And he said by day five, I'll show you how. And I was cynical of this. 
And I remember we got into an activity on day five and all of a sudden he stopped it. And he showed us gently, I might add, because he was at the top of the pecking order, how the pecking order played out. And I was sort of gobsmacked. Not only had he taught us about pecking order, but it was also being enacted as we learnt. And Jesus is not just teaching this parable, but it's also being enacted as he's teaching it. And he's a genius. This is amazing. The parable is playing out in their very midst. From verses 1 to 9, the crowd's so big, Jesus has to push out from a boat and he is sowing to a large crowd. The seed's going out. Boom, boom, boom. Where's it landing? Where's it landing? He does not know, but he's sowing. And the rest of the passage, the next 20-odd verses, he concentrates on those who have ears to hear. Maybe only a few fourth-soil people. This is also Jesus speaking in real time in his, about his earthly mission and ministry, coming into the world incognito, disguised as God. He is the farmer. He sows the seed. And we see it in his life. Some of the seed lands with Pharisees and it's, and it's like Satan comes and takes it away. Other times he sows and people want the miracles and they want the food and he gives them the teaching and it's too hard and they leave. The persecution and the, it's too hard. The problems with it are too difficult. It takes too much sacrifice. They're out. It's another type of soil. Or when he goes to the rich young ruler and he says, give it all up. But the deceitfulness of wealth is, is too much for him. The parable plays out, this is Jesus teaching about his own ministry, his own mission and what it's going to be like. But others heard the secret. Some hear the secret and they come close. And it multiplies. And gee, did it multiply. Friends, this is the the greatest movement that the world has ever seen. And we're testament to it today, this morning, here at Fremantle Church. The seed went out and it multiplied. It's also valid for us to read these parables and we know them well. If you've been around church for a while, been a Christian for a while, this is a a go-to passage. It's also valid for us to read this as the sower being the church and the people in it. And Jesus makes makes it clear that the secret of the kingdom is vital to believe. That's why it's sown liberally, because there are some who are on the outside. The secret of the kingdom 
has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables. There's a very, a very real urgency in this teaching because some people are on the outside. Some are, what Jesus is saying is this, some are in and some are out. Uh, many scholars believe that Jesus, when he is telling a parable, does it to offend people, the listening group, with a part of the gospel that's going to be offensive to them. That some are in and some are out offends our postmodern so-called inclusive is. Yet Jesus says, whoever has ears, that's everyone he means, let them hear. He invites all to come and hear the secret. He, the seed is sown everywhere and anywhere. It's sown to the rich and the poor. It's sown to the wise and the foolish, to the young and the old, to black and white, to male and female, to religious and irreligious, to left and right, to the Greens and to the Australian, you know, United Australian Party, to the drunk and the sober, to the artist and the engineer, to the sinner and the saint. It doesn't matter. The secret of the kingdom is for all who have ears. So let them hear. Let them hear. But who are the four soil people? Who are those who are worthy? to be fourth soil people, to take the seed deep where it will produce a grain, then a stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head, it tells us. Who are fourth soil people where the secret will multiply 30, 60, 100 times. We touched on the answer a little earlier in verse 10. When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him Asked him about the parables. The twelve and others around him. This sort of smaller crowd who've heard the teaching and come close. Some hear the secret and come close. They lean in. They want to hear their fourth soil people. See, maybe today you suffer from, and actually I bet you it's probably all of you, because I'm like it too, the imposter syndrome. You are here undercover, not feeling like a fourth soil person. You don't know enough to be a fourth soil person. There's more people in here who are smarter and they know more. Maybe your life's a mess. Your family's fractured. You're struggling deeply with sin. 
while others in the pew seem to have their life in order. Maybe you have doubts about who God is, whether he's good and who Jesus is and whether his atonement is enough. Maybe you've got trouble, you know, troubles with lying and deceitfulness. Maybe you struggle to love your partner anymore and your kids. Maybe your eyes look in places on the internet where they should never go. See, all that's true. So you think, how can I be a fourth soil person? Why would God even bother with me? There's nothing good in me. And the truth is, nothing qualifies you out of all those things I've said to be fourth soil people. So we hear the secret message of the kingdom, but we don't live it out, do we? We might look like we do today, hair brushed, teeth brushed, clothed, sitting here. But we haven't kept the commandments. Our lives don't mirror the kingdom. We fall way short. But some of us are sitting here saying, thank God that I don't have imposter syndrome. Phew. See, I'm a professional Christian. I'm a preacher. I'm a church planter. If there was anything, if there was anyone who's worthy of being a fourth soil person, it's me. Surely. And many of you are thinking, yeah, same with me, James. Well said. <laughs> you come to church and you tithe. You send your kids to the right school. Uh, you vote the right way. You think the right way. People would just be a bit more like me. No drugs. Never touched them. Alcohol, not in our house. So you know you're fourth soil people. You're confident of this and what you've done to achieve it. Do you see the problem? We can think that the secret of the kingdom is for the religious. I'm a good boy and a good girl, therefore I'm in. The good people like me deserve the kingdom. This is the most arrogant position that we can fall into. This is, this is who Jesus argued with the most, the Pharisees. Thank God I'm not like that sinner over there. Let me tell you part of the secret of the kingdom. It doesn't matter what you do or what you don't do that will qualify you to be a fourth soil person. Because none of us can produce the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. So what hope is there for us? It's this. Jesus is the farmer. He sows the seed. And in his death, he produced a crop that is still multiplying. He said this about his death, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. In other words, the death of Christ multiplies and you can't stop it. 
The good news of his death will go out and the secret of the kingdom of God will happen. And those will come, there will be many who come into his kingdom through that, about what God has done through Jesus and his death on the cross, his life for ours. See, you are fourth soil people because of Jesus. That's the secret. That's all it is. See, these first hearers of the parable and, and us today might not understand everything about the kingdom of God. We don't know it. We don't get it. I don't know it. I don't get all of it. But those 12 and those close by, they had ears and they lent in. They had ears. We've got ears. They wanted to hear more. They had different Degrees of understanding about Jesus and his kingdom. And if you read any commentary or any, even just read the Gospels, the disciples are like, mm. and that's us. They wanted to hear more. Some of you today are new to Christianity. Some of you have been around forever, but you still don't get it fully. You want to. You want to know more. You want to know more about the secret of the kingdom. You're thirsty for it. You're leaning in. You want to understand and know that his blood is enough. You want to know and understand more that he's invited you into his table, not even as uh, servants, but as friends and children and co-heirs. You want to know that he will wash your feet and he always has and he always will serve you. He's actually praying for you and mediating between you today. You want to know that in every valley and every mountain he's there and even while you're sinning, he's there. How you want to believe what he has really done frees you. How can it be? How can it be? See, brothers and sisters, this morning in Jesus, key phrase, in Jesus. We are fourth soil people because the farmer died in our place. Nothing we've done or haven't done qualifies us. It's all about what he has done. And he will multiply the kingdom. And you may not see it yet. Because you just think about your life and you think it's worth nothing. Too broken. Too wrecked. Didn't do enough. But when Jesus pulls back the curtain of time on the last day. And you see your story. And a myriad of angels come with him in all power. And he takes you fully into his kingdom. You will see, my friends, what has happened through your life and how the things that you did, maybe it was reading scripture to a non-believing friend or your children or your cousin or your uncle. Maybe it's just coming to church. Maybe, it's, maybe you shared the gospel with some friends and you did it badly and it was, you just felt like an idiot. Maybe it's the way you fed the poor or you fed the neighbour. 
See, God's word will not return void. You see, the secret of the kingdom has been given to you. And when you are given something, you're given something. <laughs> you have seen it. And on that last day when he takes, when he takes his sickle and he slashes the crop and he brings you into his kingdom and he wipes your sin clean, you will see that it has multiplied in your life. Whether you like it or not, it will happen. It is happening. Because Jesus does it and he promises he'll do it. If you're a fourth soil person, it will happen. Jesus came on a mission trip. Incognito as God. Died on a cross and rose to life. And gives the secret of the kingdom for us. To enjoy and to share with others. For eternity. So, Fremantle Church, get sowing forth soil people. For the secret of the kingdom has been given and it can't stop. Amen.